tapping into the energetic blueprint that has stored everything about you. And no, it's not human design. This is Don't Rush Me. Hey, I'm Maria Spear Alice, and I hate rushing. It never yields good things to rush, whether it's rushing to finish a client project or rushing to put on eyeliner. But when we have 10,000 things on our minds at any given moment, it's hard not to fall into that habit. I've had a lot of very specific technical training in my life, hello music school and law school, but none of that training prepared me for being a business owner, a lawyer, a wife, a mom, or really just a functional adult woman with a huge to-do list. I'm no guru, but I created Don't Rush Me as a way to talk more about the slow, simple tools you can start using today to make your life and business life a little easier. So whether you're a healer, a coach, or a business owner, a professional craving that slowdown, come with me as we learn about the small, easy things that can make a huge difference in your mind, body, or business. Confession. I never, ever thought I would get into tapping into my intuition or other spiritual or mystical mindsets or methods. Did you? Maybe you come from a very small town or a very traditional background, and now, well, you're listening to this podcast <laughs> and you're lighting an abundance candle and creating crystal grids. If that's you, then you have a lot in common with my guest today, Maria Service. Maria's background is in traditional healthcare. She worked at Mayo Clinic for a number of years, and even though a seed was planted back in 2017, 2018 to make a change, it wasn't until the world started changing in 2021 that she got a big nudge and knew that she wanted to make that change. And most recently, Maria has been tapping into and learning more and more about the Akashic Records. I'll let her tell you more about her story and her expertise in a minute, but first, here's a little bit more about Maria. Maria Serbus is a coach, consultant, and keynote speaker. As the CEO of Maria Serbus LLC, her mission is to help ambitious women overcome the overwhelm and self-doubt through mind-body practices to enjoy the life they live now. Maria incorporates science-backed strategies, physiological education, and mindset tools to empower women to show up in their full power and create a life that they love. She is the host of the Unleash Your Potential podcast and lives with her family in Southeast Minnesota. But before we get into my conversation with Maria, here is your holistic somatic history lesson on frankincense. Often called the king of essential oils, frankincense is derived from the Boswellia tree. According to doTERRA, Babylonians and Assyrians would burn the tree resin in religious ceremonies and for contemplative meditation. Those familiar with the Bible know that the three wise men were said to have brought frankincense to the baby Jesus. In terms of spirituality, the spiritual properties of frankincense are that it's said to expand your consciousness, lift your spirits out of sadness, and awaken the spiritual senses. Frankincense is said to promote healthy cellular function, act as an anti-inflammatory and immunity-boosting agent, a digestive aid, and possibly an infection fighter. According to BeatCancer.org, frankincense contains a cancer-killing substance, nicknamed AKBA, which is found in the resin of that Boswellia tree, that has shown to affect prostate, breast, and colon cancer, and I'll link to that study in the show notes. I personally love frankincense, and I love the scent of it. Hope you enjoyed that holistic somatic history lesson. Now, here's my conversation with Maria Serbus. Hi, Maria. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, Maria. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Maria and Maria. Right? I 
I'm so excited to get into this conversation today because we've never talked about Akashic Records on the podcast, and I'm very interested. But before we go there, I would love for you to tell the listeners just kind of where you are, who you serve, and how you got into doing the work that you're doing now. Yes, I would be happy to share. So I grew up in small town, Minnesota, a very rural area community. And then in 2014, 2012, maybe I moved to Rochester. So I will say that currently I support high achieving, ambitious women and how to calm the chaos and how to live more mindfully and bring more ease and joy into their life. I am super excited. I do that through workshops, group coaching, and one-on-one coaching. And I will say that I absolutely love what I'm doing, but I definitely did not start here. So my journey is in the healthcare industry. I had a mom who worked 35 years as a nurse. And I grew up thinking like, yes, I want to go into the healthcare field. It's stable. It's you know, <laughs> it's like giving back. It's very impactful. So I kind of did what I thought I was supposed to do, mm-hmm. and I chose a steady career in healthcare. I chose occupational therapy, so I was doing more physical rehab with individuals until I realized, you know, I I tried various OT jobs. I'd worked at Mayo Clinic for a couple years, and I just didn't like what I was doing. So it was a hard decision to make, to make a leap into entrepreneurship. I know that At the time, many of my family and friends thought I was crazy for leaving that stability and like, what? But I will say, I, you know, I started, the seed was planted that I wanted to do more around 2017, 2018. And then in 2021, you know, certainly a lot of things had changed with the pandemic. And, you know, my career, I was working at an outpatient clinic at the time. Things had changed a lot. So I decided to take the leap and start my own business. And I've never looked back. I've been very, very happy, very fulfilled. But as you know, it's also stressful. <laughs> yes, for sure. Wow, that's so interesting. Yeah, I know that there was kind of a big flight around nursing and all of that around that time. Yes. yes, there was so many changes in the healthcare field. And yeah, I think at that point, it really was, I truly think, right? It was, you know, if maybe that hadn't happened at that time, I likely would still maybe be in my OT career. Mm-hmm. Like, I think until you sometimes get that big nudge, we kind of tend to stay in our comfort zone. And so again, looking back, was that a totally weird time? Absolutely. But I'm grateful for it because I think it did give me that nudge. Yeah. Well, and something something like, I think it's hard for anybody to leave something that's become habitual, but especially a career where you've had a lot of very specific training and education. And it's like, can I really do this? Like, can I leave after I've done all of this to get here? Can I really leave it? Yes, that was like probably the hardest decision given how many years I had poured into, you know, I had a bachelor's degree, but then chose to go for the master's level occupational therapy program. And I was like, what am I going to do? I have this full skill set. Now, I will say I'm really grateful that occupational therapy, not a lot. I, whenever I say OT, people are like, so you're like a PT. So I will say like many people are like, what do you actually do? But interestingly, the occupational therapy training does kind of give you a more full lens of how to look at someone more holistically. And then how do you help, you know, get give them the skills to live their fullest life? That's really OT at the essence. They kind of say OTs were like the first life coaches before we started having life coaches. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
So ironically, it really set me up in the coaching space. But still, there's a lot of imposter syndrome there. Like, who am I to say I'm a life coach, even though I have all this training, but I'm an OT. So, right, certainly as you navigate that and try to figure out how to market yourself and what do you want to do? Yeah, it was a lot of, and I will say that my business has really evolved in the last two years as I learned more about what do I want to do, realizing it doesn't have to look like traditional OT, right? I I kind of thought I had to stay in the box still, but yes. And this is maybe a tangent, but you know, a a lot of people leave healthcare and go into coaching and it's like, okay, what's the difference between my former, you know, licensed activity and coaching? And it's kind of getting away from solving that, those clinical problems, yes, but still using your skills in a new way, which it sounds like exactly what you did. Absolutely. Yes. And it's like, you know, it's more of that. I feel like coaching has allowed me to really dive deep to do more client led, you know, sessions, you know, in healthcare, it's really, it was still kind of that model of quote unquote, I'm the expert here. I'm going to give you this set of exercises to help you rehab back, or these are the tools and these are the things. So I think that's been part of that transformation is making it more client led, of course, depending on who I'm working with. And also, you know, as we'll touch upon, I, I didn't realize how much entrepreneurship was going to be such a self-discovery journey. Like, yes. <laughs> it's like I had already started that before I got into the business, but I'm like, oh, the business now is going to be all like business and I'm going to put my business hat on, not realizing that, oh, yeah, we're still on this self-discovery journey. Here we are. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, that's so great. Well, uh, so in 2021, when you left, were you already into Akashic Records? No. So what's so interesting, as I mentioned, in 2021, I will say I was still kind of playing it safe. I did still hold part-time employment at a local mental health facility. So I was still doing some OT stress reduction, using biofeedback there to support people. And then in my business, I was doing just more one-on-one coaching for stress reduction and resilience. Hmm. It was kind of, I felt like, part of my wheelhouse that I'd been doing a little bit in OT for the last three or four years. So I kind of was like, okay, I'll just, I'll call this coaching, you know, but I'll stay within my skill set. But ironically, a few years back, I had done a one-on-one mentorship with a woman named Emmy Vadness, and she's a holistic OT in Minneapolis or St. Paul, Minnesota. And she was the first person to really introduce intuition to me Mm. and like tapping into this higher wisdom, inner self. And it was like, I was just getting the brink of that, right? And I'm like, okay, this is cool. I like this. I didn't really do much more with it though, right? Like I thought it was neat, but I didn't know how to go deeper. So ironically, I did not even learn more about the Akashic Records until around March or April of last year. 2023 is when I did a deep dive. Cool. Well, can you tell us, for for someone who's just not at all familiar, they're like, Akashic what? Tell us about Akashic Records what it is, and then if you can tell us how it kind of wove its way into, you know, your training on intuition and then things like that. Yes, yes. So the Akashic Records, and again, ironically, I really had never heard of this before. Even a year ago, I was still one of those people of like, what is this? So ultimately, you want to think about the Akashic Records is that we each have our own Akashic Records, and it's like an energetic blueprint or an energetic library that stole that stores everything about us, everything in past, forward, depending on where people are at with past lives and different things like that. But it, it holds everything. 
And so ultimately, when we are accessing the Akashic records, we are able to get this greater sense and this greater perspective as we're navigating like our current life challenges or our current day-to-day things is that I can get this higher perspective uh, of what, what, you know, what might be a suggestion for my next step with my highest and greatest good in mind. Really quickly, I wanted to pop in and tell you about something that I have been so excited about, which is a library of contract templates specifically for spiritual entrepreneurs, holistic healers, and soul-led coaches. It's not just a collection of Word documents. It's actually a dynamic set of tools where you answer a few questions and it pops out a legally binding agreement that you can feel confident in because a real lawyer wrote it all for you. Head to thelegalapothecary.com slash library for more details on the Legal Apothecary Library. So yeah, it's been a beautiful thing. And you know, I started that deeper dive by listening like on I found a podcast. So one of my Akashic Records mentors is Amy Robeson. And that is the certification course that I went through. And so it was interesting because I often find, right, there's these little synchronicities of, oh, I landed on her podcast. I, you know, she was talking about Akashic Records. Then she was putting on this course. And I just felt a strong pull, right? Like this own intuitive sense, like, I feel like this is calling me and I'm just going to get curious. And I think in 2023, it was all about giving myself permission to lean in, lean into things that maybe did make sense. Because at the time, it really didn't make sense for my business. I was really doing more. I've been doing corporate workshops as far as helping professionals stress less, you know, stress management. And I, I at the time, I was like, I'm not sure how this is going to fit into my business, but I'm going to do it for myself. I want to learn more about the Akashic Records. And it was a beautifully well done course. And so I think initially I thought it was really just part of my own self-discovery, part of my own self-journey. Loved it. It was a beautiful course. It's been amazing learning how to access my own Akashic Records. And then ironically, it was through meeting with a friend who she's she's a medium, she's an intuitive, she does Reiki. It was through a session with her that she said, yeah, Maria, I think you use this more. You, you know, you're not just doing this for self. It looks like there's a possibility here where you actually use this in your business. And I just remember that was kind of that like light bulb moment of, of course I do. Of course, mm-hmm. this just makes sense. Yeah. Wow. So it sounds like we all have different records. Is that the right term? Correct. Yes. So we each have our own Akashic records. And technically, during an Akashic records reading, so how I'm using it now, and now I'm supporting individuals, during an Akashic records reading, ultimately, we're accessing your energetic blueprint. But each of our records is, how do you say, like guarded or protected by your guide team your spirit guides, your masters, teachers, and loved ones. So these high vibrational, your spirit guide team are kind of the guardians of your records. And so when we go in for a reading, at that point, I'm just acting as a channel speaking with your guide team. And oftentimes the person will bring a question related to life, career, business, love, spirituality, whatever that may be. And what I love about it is that It's not me trying to figure out and interpret like, hmm, they're showing me this symbol. What could that mean? There's no guesswork because I'm just channeling the message that your guide team wants me to hear. And so thankfully, if I'm like, I'm not sure what that means, or if the client's like, "Hmm, I'm not sure what that message means, 
I'm able to gain some of that clarity specifically because I'm speaking with someone else's kind of high vibrational guide team. Wow. That is so amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, and truly, I never thought that I would be doing something like this. Again, I come from a very small rural community, very traditional, again, raised in a healthcare model family or, you know, just thinking like tradition, right? Yes. Yes. And so there are many times where I'm just wondering, like, how did I, how did I end up here? Right. I have the same question. <laughs> And yet it feels so in alignment, you know, which is where I'm supposed to be and how I can support people. And truly, it's obviously helped me on my journey as well. So what if someone is listening and they're like, do I have a guide team? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't receive messages or maybe even, you know, maybe you do see signs and things, but you've never really thought about having this like team of, yeah, of, of guides or angels or whoever. Yes. And, and you bring up a really good point. I will say the beauty of the Akashic records, or as you and I know, like, you know, stuff around intuition, whatever your belief system is, this can fit in, right? So if you want to call it more like your angels, if you want to call it your spirit guides, it really can fit into wherever the person is at. And same with an Akashic records reading, someone doesn't have to be a certain religion or a certain belief system because it really can kind of fit and meet the person where they're at. So I just wanted to mention that it can kind of depend. What I will say is that I'll give an example. I myself, I feel like I had kind of shut off my intuition and my intuitive abilities as a kid, right? So they say many of us, when we're kids, we have probably our highest intuitive access, Mm. but that can be kind of like shut off or shut down. So our, I feel like our, you know, our current society and system, though it's changing, you know, it's very logic based. It's very mind based. It's like, hmm, think about that. Go to the textbooks, read about it, find the source, which is great. But we don't really then continue to foster that connection of, hmm, take a moment, pause, check in with yourself. How does that feel? And so as a kid, you know, I had big emotions. I felt a lot. And I think that was part of my intuitive abilities and gifts. But when it's not honed, when it's not understood, I just thought like emotions are messy. I'm just not going to, I'm not going to open up to this. Mm-hmm. So I will say for many of us, it might just be that, like you said, messages are coming through, but either we're not opening the door or not like the volume's not up. Or again, we just weren't, we weren't taught how do we hone this skill? So I will say we each have these intuitive abilities. We each can access and connect with our spirit guide team. Now, I won't say that's always specifically within the Akashic Records. So even before I learned how to do this program, you know, I would I was still learning skills of just how to kind of connect with my guide team, whether it was in the records or not. I think we can all do that. So, yeah, it's it's been a journey. So in terms of intuition and just kind of slowing down, is, is our somatics part of that connection process? And how does that, how, how is that? Yes, yes. Great point. So I will say for my own journey and then how I support other women is before I could even start accessing intuition, really doing this deep dive into the Akashic records, I admittedly had to get off my own hustle wheel. So the majority of my life, and I'm sure, you know, other listeners can resonate is that I was just on that hustle wheel of, okay, what's the next bar that I got to meet? 
right? I'm raising my hand. <laughs> What's the next box that I need to check off my list? What's the next accolade? What's the career ladder that I'm climbing? So most of us, we've just been in this hustle. And quite frankly, I know that for myself, I hated sitting in silence with myself many years ago, right? Like, well, not even that many years ago, seven or eight years mm-hmm. ago. That was a foreign concept to me. So I will say it'd be easy for me to just say, hey, we should all just sit and access our intuition today and let's do this exercise. However, most women would find that they would do that and they'd be like, oh, Maria, this doesn't work for me because my mind is too busy. This is too uncomfortable. So I find that step one is learning those somatics, is learning how do I sit with myself? How do I learn how to get out of my busy head and my busy thoughts? How do I do this with compassion and grace? Because it's not going to be perfect the first time. And so I feel like I spent two to three years of my own journey in that. Like, right, that's why those tools that we hear all about mindfulness, doing some yoga, getting into your body through dance or exercise, they're so important because they're teaching us. How do I just connect back with me and my body and not be always stuck in my head and my thoughts? So I do think that's a really important foundational step because we're learning how to regulate our nervous system. And if my nervous system feels regulated, balanced, and safe, I then can more easily access my intuition, you know, higher meditations and things like that. But if I'm just too busy, go, go, going, and my body doesn't feel safe and secure, it's going to be hard to turn on all my intuitive abilities. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah. So what's 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 like your go-to for someone who says, okay, I can't, I can't shut off my mind chatter. Like I, I know I need to, but what do I, what can I do that's going to work? Two of my biggest tools that I use with people right from the get-go is because I say oftentimes at the beginning, and I will also say I was diagnosed with um, ADHD, something that I probably always assumed that I had around the age 32. So around like maybe two years ago. Yeah. So right, like busy mind, I get it. And so oftentimes where I start then for a busy mind is an essential oil, just because Mm. the sense of smell. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I have some behind me. (laughs) And and it's interesting. I do, like I said, I do these corporate workshops and I had someone say recently, like, I don't believe in oils. And I'm like, okay, you don't have to believe in oils. And I promise I'm not trying to sell you an MLM. I'm not trying to like get you hooked on and whatever. The reason why essential oils or candles or lotions or whatever, a sense of smell is so important because Our sense of smell is one of our oldest and earliest sensory systems that came to be. So when we smell something, it is a direct hit to our nervous system. It doesn't need to go to higher levels of the brain to be processed. So it's why we can smell a really pugnant smell and our body almost recoils, right? Like dirty socks or who left the bathroom toilet lit up, whatever it is. But vice versa, we can smell pleasing smells and our whole nervous system will just calm and relax. Mm. So I will often start by saying, let's find a preferred essential oil scent and let's do some breathing with that smell. Many people will find mind may wander, but it's going to be easier to come back to that smell. That's so interesting. Yes. And then honestly, I really love, so coming from the occupational therapy space, they've done a lot of research on using proprioceptive activity. And most of this research is with kids 
with ADHD and sensory difficulties. But really, when you think about us, we're all just big kids. And so the same research applies in that when we do this type of heavy work for our body, where my body's feeling a push-pull resistance, it's also very calming and organizing for my body. It helps me stay more present. So it's why many of us stress clean, because when I'm pushing a vacuum, I'm getting that proprioceptive input. When I'm dusting and I'm just like rubbing the counter with my dust, whatever rag, again, we're getting that resistance to our body and it is calming and organizing. So with with um, individuals, I might say, hey, let's do some chair pushups. Let's do some wall pushups. I want you to try doing, I call it a pushing prayer pose where we kind of get into that yoga prayer pose. We inhale, we push our hands together, we exhale, we let them release. But anything that they're going to feel that kind of body resistance, oftentimes many women will be like, oh my goodness, I wasn't focusing on my to-do list. I was just feeling my body pushing against something. So those are two great starting points that I often recommend with people to help them kind of get out of the busy mind chatter. Wow. That's, that's really good. Especially, I mean, yeah, I was stress cleaning my sink like a couple days ago. (laughs) Yeah. And it's so good. It really brings oftentimes, I mean, I won't say all the time. I know that we can be doing these things and still in our mind chatter, but when we're intentional about it, they are very helpful with helping us be more present in our body. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of know the answer to this question, but I would love your thoughts on how this can affect us as business owners. Well, and so this is really interesting because I had never been a business owner before April of 2021. And it's interesting because I think now I'm going way back, but my perception of a business owner growing up in a small town was I just, most of the business owners were middle-aged white men, right? And I thought they always looked composed and put together. And I, so I just, like I said, I kind of had this mentality of, oh, when you're in business, you put your business hat on. It's very calm. It's composed. Little did I know (laughs) that entrepreneurship, the journey is so up and down and you have to make all these decisions. So it's very easy, I think, as entrepreneurs and business owners to be in this more heightened, stressed state because we're constantly having to navigate. "Hmm." I mean, from as little as what scheduling platform do I want to use? Where am I going to invest these dollars? Am I going to put it back in my business? Am I right? So as we know, all these decisions for business owners, the thing I got to say is I also think there's this, well, I just got to hustle, just got to hustle. It's been so profound for me to realize it's actually more important that I pause. It's more important that I, you know, and that's why I love your podcast and the name of it. Don't (laughs) rush me. Yes. (laughs) Don't rush me. Slow down. More ease. And I think people think it's counterintuitive. Like Maria, no, I'm either in the early stages of my business or I'm trying to grow my business. I got to hustle. There's always something to do. Yes. And I and I get that because, sure, there's a time for a hustle, but there's a time for a pause. So I just think as business owners, I'm not saying that there's not seasons or times where you're putting your pedal to the metal because you're in a launch or because you're ramping up XYZ or you're training in new team members. But even in that, you still have to know, when do I let up on the gas? When do I take a moment of pause for myself? And not because like, oh, rest, that's just a luxury. It's because people need to realize, you know, and especially business owners, I don't think as clearly when I am always pedal to the metal. I'm not making decisions 
from a clear space. I'm making them out of survival mode. As business owners, especially if we want to be making decisions from a place of more mental clarity, from a place of expansiveness, we need to learn how to also slow and calm and regulate our bodies so that we can do so. Sure, 20, 30 minutes, if you can fit that in, that's also great. But I also will tell people, because again, I this is how I started to reprogram my own hustle mentality, was it could even be one minute. It can even be two minutes. I, I've been there too, where sometimes... I'm like, oh, darn it. I kind of overbooked myself today and I just don't have a good 30 minute window or whatever. I did get a biofeedback certification. What was so interesting about just being able to use biofeedback and see where my stress level was in real time was I found that within a matter of three to five breaths, so maybe 45 seconds to 75 seconds, I could shift my nervous system from a high state of stress to a state called heart coherence where I'm more balanced and regulated. And so I have to remind myself of that, that even if I'm kind of in a go, go, go day, I'm like, Maria, there will be value in taking three to five breaths right now. There will be value if all I can do is five wall push-ups for 30 seconds, be present, and then go on. Like I just always coach people like it's all a little bit of a battery recharge for your energy system. So even if you don't have the five to 10 window, doing something is always better than nothing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I have to tell this story because it's funny and it fits in. I was I was driving downtown to downtown Nashville to meet a client and I drive a big black truck and I had to park in a parking structure. Oh gosh. Like, all right, it feels a little tight in here, but there's a spot like by a wall and that, that, that I won't bump into any cars if I park by the wall. Yeah. Well, I just totally, my mirror just hit the wall just so and just completely crunched the entire thing. Oh, oh, no. And I was so upset. And I was like, all right, I'm going into a client meeting. Like, I've got to snap out of it. But I I was so worked up that yeah. I knew I couldn't just like sit and breathe. Yeah. So I literally ran in place for like a minute. Yes. And that really helped. Yes. Yes. I actually won. I love this. I love that you thought of that. That was brilliant. <laughs> I'm running away from this feeling. <laughs> yes. And, and actually, no, that was brilliant. And that brings to a good point. And this is, I do hear this a lot from people is they're like, okay, Maria, you know, you, you showed me a few tools that I could use, but you're right. There, there are going to be times where your nervous system is so dysregulated, right? Like you just, as you mentioned, your mirror just hit a wall or you maybe just got a call that a family member is having an emergency or yes. There will be times where you're going to be so ramped up. So people might say, yeah, my stress is at a nine out of 10 right now. And I've been there too. And so at that point, you're going to say, you know, like, screw breathing. Can't I can't do a breath right now. Don't even talk to me. And it's, <laughs> and it's true. So I tell people, you're right. You are too high up right now for me to just say, hey, just come sit over here. Let's breathe. So that's why I also really like body-based strategies. And once you know how to tap into that, because you're right, the running was allowing your body to run off that excess stress hormone in your body. Or like for me, you know, yeah, I might have similar, like I'm going to go find a flight of stairs to get to that meeting and I'm going to like burn it off on the stairs or I'm going to do something where I'm pushing or pulling. But either way, tapping into kind of, or I might dance or I might, I don't know, punch a pillow, depending on where you are. But oftentimes we're going to need kind of a more, I don't know, intense body-based activity just to release that excess cortisol so that we can actually then take a breath, right? Like, 
but we can't do it when we're at 10 out of 10 stress. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. totally. Oh, that's so good. Maria, thank you so much for all of this today. Tell the listeners where we can find you. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. This has been so fun. So you can, I'm probably most active on Instagram at maria.service. And then you can also go to mariaservice.com to learn a little bit more and please say hello. Awesome. Thank you so much for this conversation today. Thank you for having me. Have a good one. So many good tips from Maria in that conversation. Did you like my story about totally annihilating my mirror on my truck? That's a true story. And I did actually run in place and it really helped. So I hope you learned a ton from Maria in this episode. If you did, I hope you will subscribe or leave a rating or review on the podcast. Head to those links in the show notes and give Maria a follow. And as always, thank you so much for being here.